Welcome to Primarily 2020, the podcast all about the politics, policies, and personalities of the 2020 Democratic primary. I'm your host, Karen Robinson. This week on Primarily 2020, I'm actually on vacation um, in America, in Oregon. Um, I am literally looking out the window of my brother's farm, staring at a bunch of goats who are nibbling away in the grass. So uh, this is a report from the field, I guess, right from the United States of America. Um, And so it's going to be a short episode because I just need to get something out the door and then I'm going to the beach with the family. Um, But I did want to just quickly check in and uh, cover off a couple of things. First of all, um, we've got a quick news roundup this week. And then I just want to talk briefly about kind of how everybody's feeling right now um, in the political system and in the country. So quick, a first news roundup. So this week, um, Colorado's Governor John Hickenlooper has announced that he is ending his presidential run. Um, Hickenlooper was apparently pressured pretty strongly by um, Chuck Schumer um, to enter the Senate race in Colorado. He has not entered, he has not formally announced a run for Colorado Senate, um, but he was polling at 1% or less in the presidential race, um, and his campaign had not particularly taken fire, um, having said that, he is a um, very popular Colorado um, political figure, and Colorado's Senate seat um, is one of the ones that is up in 2020 and is considered probably the top pickup for Democrats in that race. So um, he may have been strongly pressured by Schumer, um, or at least just asked very, very nicely to spend his time looking at the Senate rather than looking at the presidency. Um, It should be said, however, that um, Democrats, whether Hickenlooper runs or not, do have a very good chance in Colorado. There are a number of other well-funded and popular candidates for the Democrats in that state. Um, There are other states um, where Democrats have a slightly tougher time but have good pickup opportunities that we should be focusing on. One of the states I would look to for that is is North Carolina, where we don't currently have any top-tier candidates in the running um, and where a lot could potentially be done. North Carolina is a really important state for us, potentially in the presidential electoral college, but certainly one that has switched back and forth for us um, from time to time. So I I hope someone will take a good hard look at a North Carolina Senate race. Um, In other dropout news, Beto O'Rourke is not dropping out of the race, um, although he has announced a sort of a campaign reset this week. Um, And it's interesting. So his current position is that he says um, he is not going to drop out of the presidential race, but he is indeed refocusing his efforts away from the early primary states. So away from Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and so forth. um, And focusing, he says, more on immigration-heavy states similar to Texas, And he says that he will spend more of his time talking about gun control. Um, The former Senate candidate, Beto O'Rourke, of course, recently had to take time off, well, had to, chose to take time off the campaign trail um, in the wake of the devastating mass shooting in his hometown of El Paso, Texas. Um, And he seems to have really refocused and re-engaged on that specific issue um, with some concern about... um, trying to make progress there. So um, that's the kind of drop out, drop in news. 
Um, another thing from a news point of view, there's been a lot going on in terms of the economy. Um, the U.S. Glo- the U.S. economy and the global economy is starting to show some signs of fatigue, um, and both the Trump administration and Americans in general are getting worried about the prospects for a recession um, potentially coming up. The stock market has taken um, one of its largest tumbles in recent years. Um, Pretty recently, the Fed actually lowered interest rates by a quarter of a percent in an effort to stave off the potential of a recession. Um, Trump had scheduled some tariffs on Chinese goods to come into force, originally scheduled to come into force in September um, at the request of American manufacturers and specifically people like the toy industry. Um, He has actually delayed the start of those tariffs until after the Christmas rush is over. So those tariffs are now due to start around December 15th. But nevertheless, when they do come in, I think we should expect to see um, a slowdown in the retail um, and manufacturing industries and those related to those. Um, having said all that, consumer spending was better than expected last month um, for whatever reason. Um, so consumers do not seem overly concerned about this, um, even though business investment is, is going down. Um, although perhaps consumers are just trying to stock up in advance of the anticipated tariffs coming in. Um, Trump has been bolstered by the strong economy, um, despite many of his actions um, being actions such as the tariffs that most economists believe would be deeply damaging to the economy, to the economic system in the long term. Um, he's been bolstered by um, uh, the strong economy that he came in with, um, which has been uh, continuing to to perform pretty well. Um, if the economy does turn south, um, his plan for re-election is much, much tougher and Democrats' opportunities are obviously much, much bigger. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting to look at, people a lot of a lot of times talk about Trump as being highly resilient, and there's a lot of conversation about why he isn't lower in the polls. It's actually remarkable for a president um, overseeing such a strong economy to be consistently below 50% in the polls as he has been. Um, so there's a lot of good reason to believe from a polling point of view that um, a weakening economy would would be pretty devastating um, to Trump's chances of re-election and certainly um, unfortunate for the country, uh, but would put Democrats in a better footing. So that's something to look out for. Um, and then in a final bizarre news report to uh, bear in mind this week, I just want to note that apparently um, the president has been asking his aides whether it would be possible to purchase the nation of Greenland. No one seems completely sure if president is serious about this or if he's just joking, um, which apparently is how we make policy these days. So um, yeah, stay tuned whether or not we might attempt to purchase the um, currently uh, uh, self-governed nation, (laughs) island nation of Greenland in the Arctic, um, which technically is is a territory of the nation of Denmark, where Trump is going to visit soon. Um, So who knows what the hell is going on? (laughs) It's a crazy old world we live in, isn't it? Um, Which I'll come on to a little bit in my next section, where I want to talk about how we're all feeling. Hope you're okay, guys. Okay, so since I recorded that last last segment, I've 
been out to the beach driving through the beautiful Oregon forests out to the beautiful Oregon coast and had a lovely day and evening with my family and it's now Saturday morning and I'm back out on the porch staring at some goats hello goats (laughs) and uh, I just wanted to wrap up this vacation edition of the podcast um, with a final quick segment just having a little think about what do things feel like here in America these days Um, because there's I mean this is a beautiful country and it's full of really fantastic people I'm always struck when I come back to the states just people are nice and smart and interesting and there's so much here to value and treasure and I, 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 I love that we have kindness and interest in interesting people and beautiful beautiful landscape and the country has just so much to offer but it's in a really weird place right now and uh, I think there's there's basically two different ways that people who are concerned about the current administration seem to be responding to this Uh, one is by completely freaking out (laughs) and uh, getting really despondent and despairing and obsessive and um, reading the news but not really doing anything about the news and I'm guilty of this myself is this feeling of constant oh it's bad it's bad it's bad but but not really knowing what to do about it and and that's not helpful um, so I think you know just we all need to look around and figure out what we can do um, we don't have to solve all the problems but we we should all do something um, but the other thing that I think people are doing is, is just checking out a little bit, just going, looking around and going, my life still works. Um, my, my town's okay. My family's okay. Um, and that's not great either because, um, obviously people are genuinely hurting and they're not necessarily the people that we see, but I think we just need to be a little bit careful not to get too complacent that in any country that's going through a trend towards more authoritarian rule, which is what America is going through right now, there are always civil institutions that work. There are always civic institutions that still function, you know, parks that you can go to and schools that work. And and I'm not saying we shouldn't be glad that they work, but just recognize that that doesn't mean that that the country isn't in a bad place and that checking out from the news doesn't absolve you from the news. So... I think we just need to all of us find some kind of happy balance. And I'm talking to myself as well here. We need to find a happy balance of listening, paying attention, being aware that there are children who are still in cages, that there are um, families who have been yanked apart, that 638 people were um, deported just a couple weeks ago in a mass immigration clampdown that left their children coming home from school and finding no families there and no one to take care of them, that these things are happening even if they're not happening to us, and we should do what we can about them, but equally um, also understanding that obsessing over the news is is not going to do anything constructive. So look around in your community and figure out what you can do to be helpful. That means if you have a local government, show up to it. If you have a congressman or a senator, make sure they know your name. Um, talk, write, act, um, do what you can. I think I just, I feel a little bit like... Uh, 
Alexis de Tocqueville when he came to America and toured the colonies and he wrote that book Democracy in America and he looked around and he was struck by so many things about the country as an outsider I kind of feel like I'm looking at us as an outsider going um, there are we are a unique American experience um, and the Trump administration is not not representative of our best instincts but what Trump is doing is also representative of, of a part of the country's history and tradition. So if we want a different one to win, um, we've got to fight for it. It's not a given that the somewhat undemocratic and cruel and hostile approach of governance that Trump represents, it's not a given that that's going to lose. We have had plenty of times in American history where we have not lived up to our best instincts. And in fact, most of American history, we have not lived up to our best instincts. Um, this stuff is fragile and we've got to fight for it. And so I guess that's all I want to say is that, you know, we have to find some comfortable middle ground between believing that all hope is lost because despair is totally pointless. Um, and America still has so many wonderful things to offer. Um, and also not, not, not at the same time giving into, well, I'm fineism, you know, um, and not look away from the news, but not obsess over it either. And when I, when I figure out how to do that, I'll tell you <laughs> in the meantime, I think another thing I'm hearing a lot from people here is that the Democrats seem to be in such a mess. And the only thing I want to say about that is what's hard, I think what people are reacting to is that the Democrats are in the middle of a political cycle right now. And that's it. As always, you can reach me on Twitter at Karen Jr. That's at K-A-R-I-N-J-R on Twitter. Um, you can drop me a voicemail using the voice the Anchor voicemail app, um, which you can find in the URL link within the show description. Um, I would love to hear from you. If you are an American citizen who is a voter in the United States, um, living back there, or, or here where I am this week, um, then go to vote.org to make sure you register to vote and request your absentee ballot if you're an absentee, ballot, absentee voter. If you are an overseas voter like myself, go to votefromabroad.org. Make sure you get your ballot. Your ballot. Thank you so much. Um, I will try and post something next week, but it might be a very short episode as I will be traveling in beautiful uh, Yosemite National Park. So um, wish me luck. <laughs> There's going to be some hiking and hopefully not too many bears. Talk to you soon.